decided, we decided to get some takeout Mexican food, and I was like, like all right, this sounds great. Uh, but this is Oregon. This is Portland, Oregon we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never can be too sure, you know? Keep Portland yeah. weird, right? It's, ooh, it's a weird town. Uh, and so this, uh, this Mexican food was really weird and different than regular Mexican food. And in that, it was really bad. (laughs) Uh, Oh no, I am so shocked that it was bad. You are kidding, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll tell you this, this place sure gave me a new appreciation for Cafe Ria. I'll tell you. Or sorry, um, Cafe Rio. Rio. No, you're thinking what it really did to you. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, that's a little bit of a slip. Yeah, yeah well, sure, you know. sure. Sure it was. Sure, Jesus. sure it was. Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh huh. You don't really want to miss Pop Soccer, stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds. Keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. Hello. Thank you for choosing Pop Saga, your number one source for in-depth pop culture discussion. On today's show, we're going to be discussing Andor, the latest Star Wars series from Disney+. In the spirit of today's topic, we will not be participating in a juvenile power hour, nor will there be any of the following, jocularity, goofing off, or japery of any kind. I am one of your hosts, Forrest, and I am joined as always by John. John, are you ready to talk about Andor, a Star Wars program created for streaming? <laughs> Hell yeah! Let's get this shit going! Man, I'm so pumped! Let's do this! <laughs> I almost made it. You almost I made almost it. I almost made it through the whole thing. You almost made it. Ah. I mean, you probably got yourself with that no jampery or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one you're like. <laughs> I'm like, jampery and jocularity are such funny words. Way to go, me. Pet, pet, pet. Oh, my shoulder hurts from so much. Yeah. Self-congratulating. That's right. I patted the the laughs out out of me. <laughs> Good job, Forrest. And I was like, "Ha ha! What the f- are you saying?" It's um, the DeForest Code. You're that oh. guy chasing Tom Hanks around. <laughs> Self-congratulating yourself all over the place. Oh yeah. man, I really love how long of a walk that joke is, but I love the destination. Self congratulation, like self flagellation. Uh, shout out to to Paul Bettany playing who the albino. Was that him? I think so. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, you know what? Now I have to look it up. I mean, look it up, but I don't. I don't really care. I remember the um the the, the Da Vinci Code craze where everyone was reading it, even. You and my wife read it, and I said, "Well, let me read the first, uh, you know, first paragraph." Uh-huh. Usually, I could tell by a book if I like the first paragraph. I read that and said, "Wow, that reads like dog shit." I'm not reading that. <laughs> uh, I read, you know, I read that, and uh, I'm sorry. I read the Da Vinci Code, and I read Angels and Demons, and that was oh. it. That was oh, all. 
That's as far as I got with Dan Brown. Yeah. All I, all I know is that I did not care for uh, the books. Well, I mean, in retrospect, it's not like one of those books that I remember very well or go back to. It was a fun read at the time, but uh, Tom Hanks was a weird cast as uh, Robert Langdon to me. Uh, I did end up seeing the movie. I thought he did all right, but... Um, oh, we saw the movie, and that, I could see where everyone reading the book and seeing the movie felt like they were really clever. Huh. I was like, <laughs> it, it's like one step, to me, it was one step below an encyclopedic encyclopedia brown book i mean uh, yeah that's where i was at i was like oh man i don't know <laughs> but this seems pretty easy uh, oh yeah yeah i mean uh robert langdon uh the character of the uh, the hero of the books the protagonist is sure. basically is basically like nancy drew grown-up nancy drew <laughs> Yeah, let's not insult Nancy Drew that way. <laughs> I mean, they share. I mean, maybe this, all I'm they, saying is thematic similarities. Not sure know. they might have no shared also the Nancy same Drew. haircut. <laughs> he does have a fun. And his haircut yeah. does look like a wig they used on Nicolas Cage that they just oh, had yeah. laying around. <laughs> oh, for sure. That that's his Con Air Con Air wig. Just, just kind of, just kind of made its way. They just had to pad out the front a little bit. Couldn't just straight mullet it. It's not, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It very much looks like his eagle hair from the movie Next. Remember oh, that, where yeah. he could see the future. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> it's so just you're... so. I mean, I think what he is banking on is that like. The Vatican is a weird old place, sure. and you can and you can kind of believe a like a lot of stuff. Like they have a an archive with a, a section of forbidden texts that you, they won't let you go into. So you could just like you could imagine that it could be anything. And of course, Dan Brown imagines it to be a glass library with this special time temperature control thing. Well, of course, those texts need to be comfortable. Of course, yeah, and the, you know that's. <laughs> <laughs> so when you go in the Vatican, you're all you're surprised by how much high tech stuff they have in there. Yeah, I mean, look, we grew up on the you know slightly before the internet, then the internet's all out there and stuff like that. What in this special high tech, uh, you know, forbidden text room is really going to be shocking at this point? That like I can't go on YouTube. Or other streaming sites and see whatever's in this text. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, just let it out at this point. Yeah. Tom Hanks, not... free that text. <laughs> free the text. That's what the Da Vinci Code should have been about. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds um, than that movie was. <laughs> Last day, kick. That movie sucked. You know you what I mean? Got him. Yeah. I got him, Tom Hanks. America's sweetheart. You Dude. showed him. I showed him. You're a weird cast for uh for Robert Langdon. But I like to think that he kind of paved the way for uh the weird cast of John Krasinski as uh as um uh Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was out of left field. I was like, "Wow." Who do him. you imagine in your head when you think of Jack Ryan? Which of the actors who's played him do you think is like your Jack Ryan? Alec Baldwin. Right? It's weird yeah. that he's only Jack Ryan one time. Yeah, but he did it quite well. <laughs> you know, it's the only 
the only one because I mean, no, no offense to Harris Ford, you know, because he's just like, hey, my name's Shane Ryan. I want to work out with William Defoe and Clinton Dangerous. <laughs> but he was a little too old for the character. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have played him way in the future, probably past clear, uh, uh, present danger. Yeah, ben he Affleck, seems like. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to like Ben Affleck, uh, too young and too. Too like jock like, yeah. I felt that too. Yeah. So and then John Krasinski is just like, nah, it's kind of the same problem with uh, him and um, Affleck for that most part. Yeah, I think season one John Krasinski is a pretty great. By the way, I just can you tell that I just got done binging all of of the Jack Ryan show on uh, on Amazon. Hey, uh, you gotta watch something. It, indeed, I, you do. I mean, I watched it, and I was like, "That's a show." Yeah, it certainly is. You can't yeah. accuse it of not being that. But uh, I think season one, uh, John Krasinski is a better Jack Ryan than season two, John Krasinski, because he goes through a weird, he goes through a weird physical transformation that I'm not sure what happened there. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's very, uh, very different. Season two and season one are are basically like. Uh, they seem kind of based on the on the books, kind of, but very loosely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like uh, events in this show might have appeared in some form or fashion in the books, but not in all the same ones. Oh, no. Yeah, I, that, I mean, I think that's the problem. As a uh, old school Clancy fan, until I realized like half the books he's writing after a while, I was like, oh, he didn't write this. Like, he didn't write this book either. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Oh no, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of done. But like the the Jack Ryan series, I, I really dug the character arc and all that stuff. So most of the movies never have him be like that because it's too. I'm not saying he's boring in the books, and he does get in the shit every once in a while. But like that Jack Ryan series was like this is 24. And you better believe he ain't going to do any sort of research. He's right. going to research it by putting a bullet through someone's brain. And you go, whoa, he, I mean, he kind of does that, but he's not really doing that all the time. And at a certain part, he becomes president of the United States. Are you going to show me that? Is that season three? I doubt <laughs> it. So John, like, John Krasinski going to be the prez. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why I think that, like, Harrison Ford did a great job. You're right. He is old. And also, like, they play him like kind of a family man. And he seems, like, too old to be in the position that he's in in the movies. Yeah. Like, like I believe him as the president when he's kicking people off his plane. Yeah. But for some <laughs> strange reason, like... Get off the, of my plane. You know, you take this. You get off of my plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, he didn't say like that though. He's like, hey, you, you get in my plane. Get the hell off of my plane. You can get off the plane. Do you remember the, I remember because I was working at the um, movie theater at the time. And like the popcorn bags had the uh, Air Force One diagram. Like <laughs> trying to tell you like all the cool <laughs> things it had, including like that escape pod. And I was like, I was like, I know this isn't true. But why are we giving people a chance to know what Air Force One could do? This seems like a, a great disregard for national security. If Jack yeah. Ryan was here, he would have let this happen. He wouldn't put the butter flavoring on top of this. No, no. He would have like, Air Force they're one all over the, the popcorn bags. Get, call the president. Um, 
Uh, but like the Harrison Ford of those movies is very much like he because I just so I watched all you had a real binge you yep binge. I watched all the, this the whole Jack Ryan series and I was still fiending for Jack Ryan so yep. I watched Clear Present Danger yeah. and uh and Clear and I was just like throughout the entire movie he was just like what what oh, I have to do what 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 do you mean I'm gonna go down to I have to go down there oh oh no <laughs> it's he is never like truly like gung ho and brave up, up until maybe the very end when he's just like, "Yeah, I'll buy your helicopter for four million dollars or whatever." Uh, but it's funny because he's just like uh, he, he looks like he's at the the point in his career where he's a middle manager where he tells someone else to go down there. He's like, "I'm not going to Columbia. Get out of here." Yeah, <laughs> what are you what are you talking about? Send Ernest. Put him on a flight. You can go meet up with Clark. Yeah, I know about Clark. You know, weirdo, I guess, in this instance. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's probably like that one and Patriot Games are probably like. Eh, yeah. Uh, but Hunt for Red October, you know, that's. I really enjoy that one. I really enjoy that one. And I think Alec Baldwin makes probably the, probably too good looking of a uh, Jack Ryan, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, he really needed to dress him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, put some mud on that face. <laughs> Make him look dumpy. Put him in yeah, real really. fat clothes or yeah, something. But no, nah, nah, no makeup. I, no makeup, exactly. So it's yeah. it's no coincidence that we're talking about Jack uh, Jack Ryan and Tom Clancy stuff because we're here to talk about the Tom Clancy book of Star Wars shows. Yeah, oh, I don't let him go that far. Uh, what don't you like Tom Clancy books? Uh, well, it depends. Depends. Like if it's uh, you know, Tom Clancy's world, but written by like Paul Comson. That's a name, right? Yeah. Comson. Yeah, Paul Comson, yeah. classic yeah. ghostwriter for Tom Clancy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mott Yesikla. There you go. Yes, Mott Yesikla. Again, another. Everybody knows. I don't know why you're bringing up these names. Everyone knows. The, uh, the the Tom Clancy uh, ghostwriters. But what I'm trying to say, John, is this is finally Star Wars for dads. Star eh. Wars for dads is here. Eh, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. As I'm only a, a fur dad, so I can't speak to actual dads. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. But you know, if you're over thirty six. Which and you are. like political drama, you're in for a treat, cause Star Wars is gonna go there. You like, everyone, you like how he wrote that song? You know he wrote that song, he didn't come <laughs> up with it, he wrote that down. I did wait. too come up with it. No, nah, and you wrote it down, like two weeks ago, when you're like, we're gonna talk about Andor, and I'm gonna sing a scathing review about how it's a dad show. I this don't think that's a bloods. scathing review. I don't think that's a scathing review at this all. This ain't blue bloods. Let's not go insulting a dead bed. I mean, yeah, I'm over 36, and I want some political intrigue with my Star Wars. Um, and and they gave me Andor, and I'm okay with that. Are yeah, gonna, I mean, uh, I'm not saying it's a. I'm not saying it's a bad show at all. I'm just saying this is Star Wars for dads. Just like Tom Clancy is like dad entertainment. Mm, fair. All right, fair. Fair. 
Fair. Are, are we are we diving into it? I know. I mean, I think we just can. People know yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. There's no are. rules in this discussion. Well, there's one. What's that? Spoilers, spoilers, double boilers, uh, cauldrons burn, and secrets bubble. Of course, in, in the rites and passages handed down to us by our ancestors, the spoiler witch has been invoked, and we will be safe uh, tonight. <laughs> All right, we're going to be safe uh, tonight, uh, according to me. That's good. I'm glad uh, we got that out of the way. Well, I look, I just have to get it out there. We have this, to. It, this, uh, you know, unlike, you know, sometimes we make a little joke here. Uh, yeah, we, this is not 10 years old. It's yeah, just like ended. 32 years old is some of this stuff. I, I mean, I think I remember saying spoilers, spoilers during Friday the 13th part four which came out in 1984 so yeah. you know like this won't be bad you know just in case we say something and you haven't watched it you know go watch it then come back and listen if you have watched it see if we're uh right about it or uh, i mean we will be we'll have opinions there's no yeah, right totally. or wrong when it comes to star wars it's just yeah. star wars for different people yeah. i think there's right and wrong that's right. That's that's yes, it. in your opinion, there are right and wrong, and that's fine. Yeah, mine uh, are right, and most people are wrong. But anyway, sure. Yeah, yeah. Andor, look, where are we where are we kicking off? Are we talking about our cocktails? Because I do have one. Oh, he- heck yeah! Great, you're back with a cocktail. So let us give the spotlight over to you, and tell me all about. What you're drinking tonight? Yeah, well, thank you for asking, and it's great. You have no idea how pleased I am to have the song back. Yes, I know. Uh, it's much better. Life is much better with the song. So I didn't have... Um, uh, my roommate was cool enough to make one for me, because I didn't... I couldn't... Like, my brain was still too foggy to think of something, but I would definitely drink it. So this has cranberry apple juice, a little bit of peach snaps, Empress Gin and a little bit of grenadine, and he called it Blood of the Rebellion because this shit looks like real blood. <laughs> and, and let me give it a sip so I've not had it, so it's got a little warm. <laughs> a little sweet, but not too bad. Oh, it tastes like victory, yeah. It's actually Fantastic. blended pretty well. Well, I also have a special cocktail for this evening. Uh, So, you know, again, I know some of you out there are are building your Pop Saga recipe book from all these terrific drinks, so go ahead and break it out again. Uh, And we're going to call this one the Aldani Bumblefly. That's right, the Aldani Bumblefly. That's a that's a Star Wars B Bumblebee. <laughs> I've decided. Sure. Uh, this is you're going to want to take an ounce and a half of dark rum, not spiced, just regular, and you're going to want to add to that a half ounce of Contrao, and then you're going to pour a little pineapple soda on top of that. And then you're going to float 
some Coca-Cola on top of all that. And you'll get to mix it together at the end, obviously, but you'll see it'll create a very bee-like yellow and brown drink with the layers separated. Very pretty. Uh, serve it over ice. And then sounds, mix. Sounds tasty. Also sounds like a bad idea with all that caffeine. Mm. I, I couldn't handle it. I'd be up until tomorrow. Well, you don't want that. You yeah. do not want that, and especially, you know, you don't want to overload yourself with all the uh, with all the Andor talk we're gonna have. That could keep you up all night, just in and of itself. Yeah, it's don't want to add uh, Coca Cola to that mix. No, thank you. Well, there you go. Our two delicious cocktails for this evening's reason discussion of the recently completed Disney Plus series Andor. Following the protagonist, Andor Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> that, that had to be a joke around the set, right? It kind of sounds like it, I, but although it just came to me just now. It's not something I've ever thought before, just this moment. And then I was like, eh, it kind of sounds like Lando. A little bit. That could be his cousin. Why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Calrissian Calrissian. Cassian Calrandor. Cal I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'd watch that spinoff. Yeah, I mean, well, we're. I mean, we're not going to get. We may not, may not get another spinoff since this is already a spinoff of Star Wars Rogue One. But we're definitely getting a season two now. John, were you always certain that this was going to have a season two? Because I don't know if I always was. I wasn't. Sure. Like, I thought, it, you know, I had really, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, and I didn't really have any preconceived notions about this other than I was just like, Andor? I mean, I guess, but we know what happens. So who really, uh, it's the best way I can say, cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, is this going to be like another solo? But fortunately, he still looks the same for the most part, right? Like, you know, so, but is this just going to be like, this is like, your name is Andor. And then he gets his name, and then all of a sudden he gets the robot. And then, you know, like, and this is your new pal, K2SO. And I was like, oh, it's just Solo 2.0. But um, Yeah, Solo 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be, how would that go? Because, you know, that infamous line in Solo, they were like, oh, you're here by yourself? I'll call <laughs> It's your Solo. Han Solo. And he's like, yeah, that's the ticket. Han Solo. That's a great name. So how does Andor get his name? Someone's like, would you like ketchup and or mustard? And he's like, yeah. Andor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you here alone or Andor? With somebody else. No. <laughs> no. That's me. Yeah, that's right. Andor. You yeah. said it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got it now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought it would just get... Uh, I, was, I mean, I was surprised it had, like, 12 episodes. I was like, wow, they're really committed. But then when I learned they, they like were using practical effects and sets and stuff, I was like, oh, that means this is probably actually a lot more cheaper than... In certain instances, a lot cheaper than uh, their other shows. Well, they certainly saved... They cut a few corners on the props. 
You had some props. <laughs> they had some props that were just like a, a pair of nice Sony studio headphones that somebody put tape over the Sony logo. Oh, yeah, and they, yeah, yeah you're just the, like, I, I'd never seen screws before in Star Wars, but that's fine. It's okay. I guess they <laughs> exist. How do you bind two things together? Especially wood. Um, it's like, but, uh, what's yeah. this? Oh, uh, you're part of a rebellion? You've got sp- space AKs. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, but uh, man, were those uh, distracting props. The worst. Absolutely out of the whole thing, that's what took me out for a little bit. I was like, really? Space Ks? This is the part we've got to? I don't care what little fancy things you made them do. In the end, they just look like someone glued some Greeblies onto an AK. <laughs> yep. Mm. And there just weren't enough Greeblies. There wasn't, wasn't enough, like, goo and doodads on it. Needed just more some blinking lights or just chop off the barrel. Just something turn, a little bit to change the silhouette. Or turn the, like, magazine around. Or stick it through the top. Or anything other that would just kind of change it from that really, you know, like, famous profile it has. We oh yeah. Grew up with, we grew up with the you know the AK is the gun of the bad guys of the eighties and you know nineties and beyond. So it's just like it's so synonymous with that. Just seeing it there, it's just like oh, this is the, it was honestly out of all like the guns for the movies and stuff, the most the most offensive one. <laughs> to me. Yeah, surely. I mean. Cassian has, I'm just going to say it, the coolest pistol since Han Solo's pistol uh, that anyone has had. And hey, I think hey. for that, for that, uh, and I say that because it is basically the, the pistol from Dark Force. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that was awesome. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, they canonized it, congrats. <laughs> We're just one step closer to Dash Rendar, and for that I can't thank the show enough. No, we need Kyle. Katar, not Dash Rindar. No, we need to see where you're going to get it. It's fine. I'm, I yeah, feel like Kyle Katarn is like right al- around the corner. But then, after Kyle Katarn is done, no, Dash no. Rindar. No, no one wants Dash Rindar. He, Dash Rindar never has shoulder pain because he's constantly wearing ice packs as a vest. Dash Rindar. When he went to the Imperial office to get off planet they asked him what did he like to render with and he was like i don't know (laughs) and then he dashed out of there so we'll just put a dash on the form next to render oh i get it now or maybe he's like a dining dasher (laughs) oh yeah dash rendar he he's hated at flo's diner in coruscant yeah like dash rendar you get out of here He's like, I'm going to dine and dash. You can build my cousin sort of Han Solo. We're both from the same planet. Did you also know we both pilot the same type of freighter, though mine's slightly newer? Mine's a slightly different one that's less iconic looking. <laughs> yeah, That's look, Dash Rendar. Yeah, it looks like a Panasonic CD player. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's cool. And it then looks I like the a, price gun at Avon's. Yeah, and I got a robot pal with me. No one remembers him, but I got him, and he hangs out. He's like a Wookiee, but has no personality. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Dash Rendar. Yeah, I hope we get Coming all those weirdos. 
coming to Dash. It's just called Dash. Uh, oh yeah, it's just like it's like Andor, where it's just like totally humorless. <laughs> it's just like a totally serious, straight face take on Dash Randar. <laughs> I mean, that'd be the only way I'd be able to stomach that. Just same fucking costume though. <laughs> same yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, vest with the chest plate, sleeveless chest plate, and the 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 asp robot with no sort of like design thought i'm also it. here you know and he just <laughs> don't like, forget me the no. robot no one can remember yeah only i do only i do because i was like that's a crappy looking robot um <laughs> <laughs> right next to your yt2400 get out of here with that shit uh get out of here with your shadows of the empire uh if you're not, if it's not clear what we're talking about at this point that's what we're talking about well, good thing we invoked the spoiler witch because I don't want people to get mad about us spoiling things about Dash Rendar. Oh, you know what? Dash Rendar's armor with a vest over it, he does have sleeves. Uh, apologies, apologies. But they're like little sleeves, right? It's a t shirt. It's an armored t shirt. Yeah, because I remember he's, he's taking everyone to the gun show. Yeah, yeah and, then he, and then his pants, the inside of his pants are lined with the fine Corinthian leather. Yeah, it makes sense. When when you're fighting Prince Gijor, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Uh, but no, this is not, Andor does not feature a cameo by Dash Rendar, or really any sort of excessive cameo is any of any kind. Uh, one of the things that people often praise the show for is that it avoids fan service at every turn, except maybe the last episode. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. Stay through the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Watch the end one, stay through it, and go, oh, that's fucked up. But you should have knew that was coming anyway. Yeah. It definitely was like uh, one of those, oh, not like a surprise, but definitely like, oh, Jesus, really? <laughs> well, I don't know. For me, I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Because, like, I was like, I mean, obviously, that, you know, when he's doing the whole prison planet thing, prison labor thing, he's just making parts that don't make any sense. Yeah. And, you know, you figure a, a, a war machine like the Empire would need, you know, we've talked about it before in some form or fashion, like millions upon millions of people to keep itself sustained. But the fact that he was making the connectors... To the thing that would be the implement of his own demise later on. Oh, such such tragic irony. Well, I think it's just kind of fucked up. Like, you know, like at some part he's in Rogue One, he's on the beach, and you know, he's got really good vision. He just looks up and he's like, wait a minute. I made that. <laughs> he's just like, oh, why do bad things always happen to me when I try to go to the beach? Oh, boy. Yeah, that dude, needs to, that dude needs to stay off beaches. That's what, if anything, that's what I've learned from this TV show. Andor and beaches do not mix. Don't go, <laughs> don't go, don't go. Uh, so, would you like me to give you just like here's my high level take on the show? Yeah, go ahead. I think Andor is a good show and it has mm-hmm. lots of fantastic character based moments, and I think a lot of that comes from the ensemble cast they formed around the central character. 
who I think uh, kind of grows to become more interesting than the the central story over the course of the the show. Um, I think the first four episodes have a little bit of a pacing problem, but once they get through the uh, the uh, the heist portion of the show and then he goes to prison, I think the show really starts. That's when it really finds its voice and it really becomes crazily interesting. It is got some great world building and. Uh, I think it felt like to me once it ended, I felt like it kind of just got started. So if your if your goal is to get me interested in a season two, I think it, it did well in that regard. Okay, okay. I um. So I will give my high overview. I agree with you. I think the first three episodes. I'm glad they showed all three. We've talked about that before because if you would have just got episodes one or one and two, you would be like, what is this show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, four starts the departure a little bit from what the first few episodes and just kind of going like, what is this? Like, what am I watching to kind of establishing what it is? Um, but yeah, once that heist like the work up to the heist episode and then the heist episode, which I think is phenomenal. Um, that's where I actually kind of draw my solo parallels. I was like, Oh, this is like solo, but like a better version of that movie. It's definitely um, done better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the final episode and everything in between it was just uh great. I think uh world building in this is, this might be bold. To say but i think the world building in this even given some of the uh the misforgivings for some of the props and stuff depending on what it was is some of the best world building we've gotten in star wars in a long time that isn't necessarily anchored on just trying to grow more fan service but actually grow the universe um so i really enjoyed that and uh, I never in a million years thought I would want like political intrigue in Star Wars because I just, you know, really thought it just like good versus bad, but the kind of see the parallels here and have the whole Mon Mothma thing makes me go like, oh, I want a Mon Mothma show. I'll watch the shit out of that. Oh, I'd watch her just doing 15 minutes of getting ready to do a speech. So I, I, th I thought the show was like, really good and to your point it makes me like happy or at least anticipating a season two and kind of see where they go from that with that yeah it'll be interesting to see i think that to me the end was a little bit disappointing because i felt we really felt like we were building to something and i think that the riot on uh, the riot in ferrix was a good sort of catharsis point for the to show how things are kind of kicking off but I did kind of feel like, oh, now it's it's over. <laughs> it's like this is it was building to Andy and be, or Andor being like Andean. That's a cool. If he was marrying himself, that was that's what we would call the couple. Oh yeah, um, yeah, right, I like it. I'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. I think I I think the world building was good. I think uh, they probably just ran out. I, I would have liked to see more of it, but they ran out of planets they could visit. They eventually started going back to old planets, and I was like, okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but there it was really no Tatooine, no Hoth, no Endor. You know, like, 
all these planets we constantly revisit because someone wants to go, you remember these from the movies, right? They should go and back to Endor. <laughs> they really should go. They don't go back to Endor enough. Well, I mean, they did the whole Ewok movie, and that's uh, way well, back I mean, in the day, and that's <laughs> Does anyone really count that? Yes, they do. They count it. I mean, you, you can't ignore it. It happened. It's a movie. It's not that that's great. True. You know, it did I, happen. It happened. But, in, you know, in this instance, it was a bunch of new planets, but kind of nondescript planets, kind of showing the seeds of rebellion and, you know, the uh, dissension amongst the people. And it was great to be on Coruscant and not fly over to the emperor or, you know, Vader in this instance, but instead really seeing like the bureaucratic machine. Yeah. In, I think in... that that was the part of the show. I liked the most was Coruscant. Just like the, I really like almost everything it's not that I didn't like Andor, but I was more excited when we would go to these places like hanging out with Mon Mothma and seeing the many faces of uh, Stellan Starsguard's character, uh, Luthen Real. Real. Luthen Real? Is it Real or Real? It's, isn't it? Uh, is it R A E L? Ryle? R A E L. Yeah, Ryle, I think. Um, Luthen yeah, Real him up. He's going to really mess you up if you try to capture his ship. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, because he, that fucking death ship he was on. Holy shit. Yes, um, it has lightsabers, ladies and gentlemen. There's well, not going to be I any mean, Jedi in this, but the ship itself has two sweet Darth Maul blades on the side. Yeah, you can thank Clone Wars for that. Mm-hmm. So, Clone, Clone Wars, Wars gave us. Clone Wars gave us beam weapons. Now things have beam weapons. What can, what can you say? Something that when I watched Clone Wars movie going, that don't make no damn sense. Like, why you would like, you stop? Like the right. fucking, like the, uh, the clone, um, old, the, uh, the troop carriers, troop carriers. They have little fucking like 1950s beam death weapons. Remember they, yeah, well, bubbles, boot, and that's just what that was. I mean, but it had an end. <laughs> It wasn't like the death or the uh, the beams they had on the, that were kind of like, oh, it's referencing the Death Star. Get it? Jordan Lucas is just elbowing you in the ribs. Get it? It's like the Death Star. They'll be evil one day. Yeah, uh, sure. It's it's the same principle. I mean, unless these were just, just straight up lightsabers on the side. Sure. Of the well, he's got kyber crystals that he's handing out to everybody. But who, yep. I mean, at this point, who gives a shit? I mean, it was a cool little ship. And... Uh, it reminded me of my West End uh, uh, bounty hunter character ship because I couldn't. I was like, I can't pilot a ship, but I'm gonna buy a droid brain that can. And this dude did the same thing. I was like, Oh, good! Finally, my characters become canon. Not nearly as rich, but it became canon. Well, Luthen uh, was a quite a good pilot as well. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I felt like that the the robot. I felt like the ship did a lot more of the piloting than he did. <laughs> the robot, he does. He makes the hype. He plots the hyperspace jumps. But you uh, saw when he was, was battling the Empire in that one, the yeah, one space I mean, battle in the show. I think he did things, but he relied a lot on the robot. I'm just saying he used the robot a lot, and that's yeah. no wrong with it. I would use. Like I said, I wouldn't pilot, but if I can get me a real competent robot with a lightsaber death technology on the outside of my ship, I'd be using it all the time, too. Um, 
or whatever the frag death things he did to blow up that dish. Well, yeah, he just put a bunch of nails in his... <laughs> I was like, when that happened, I was like, how did this take so long to charge up? You just opened some doors and a bunch of hardware went into their... <laughs> went into the... Uh, Dangerous the hardware, dish. thank you. Dangerous yeah, he, hardware, he, thank you. You had a bunch of caltrops in the back that take like five <laughs> minutes to charge up. Yeah, but it fucked him up. And I was just like, wow, don't don't mess with that guy. Why doesn't um, every rebel ship have those? Because they're not rich like he is. <laughs> He's like, hey, check this out. You should put this on your thing. It's like, Luthen, for the last time, we are the rebellion. We are not you. We don't own the... Uh, tchotchke factory on Coruscant that lets you put anything from any movie and or video game you want in the background. Oh yeah, I bet you you clocked the uh, one of those references right away. It's oh, got yeah. a it's oh, got shit. a piece of armor from a game that you worked on. Yeah, oh yeah, it did. I was just like, oh, I worked on that like a lot. I had to stare at that armor a lot. I was like, ah, eh, cool. I always like. I mean, I always liked the helmet a little bit because it reminded me of Boosh, which was like my favorite. Yeah. You know, my favorite look for one of the bounty hunters and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, dope, yeah, dope. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. It looks so dope. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's that. There's the real big ass holocrons that were in the back. Yeah, that, like the a bunch old of Republic holocrons just chilling. You think back the in. you think the, the the emperor would be by there? Hey, listen, give me those. Yeah, yeah. maybe he used them. Like, maybe those holocrons were the emperors, but, like, you know, like, uh, selling Luthen a... digging through the emperor's trash. No, no, I think it's more like, you know, when you trade in a phone to get a newer phone. Okay. He just went to get a newer holocron. So he erased all the shit that was on the old one before he turned it in. You know, he I like lives. to say, I like to think that uh, he had a yard sale. Oh, that's fine. Hey, everybody, it's me, the emperor. Come to my yacht. It's in front of the uh, where I stay, where I killed Yaddle. What? <laughs> I won't take any more, less than two dollars for this holocron. Uh, it's yeah. a deal. Yeah, I won't take any less than, uh, than two calamari flan. Um... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that, that was great. It was one of the, the very few kind of, like, blatant fan service moments in the uh, in the series. I don't, I'm not going to, unlike everybody else online, I'm not going to give it points for avoiding fan service. It's no, like, yeah, I'm, okay, cool, cool, cool. No, I'm actually going to give it points for avoiding fan service. Because I think it this show does something different, but also needed within the Star Wars universe. Where, like, Mando is truly just a blanket of nostalgia and fan service. This is just about hopefully laying out a little bit more groundwork for people to accept other things within the Star Wars universe. For good or for bad. Not saying, you know, this could be a very easy, slippery slope to kind of get into. But I, I, I really, like, commend it for... Again, like not having Darth Vader show up, even though the sheer amount of money they stole on Aldani, I would be pretty sure Vader would show up for that. Uh, but that's fine, whatever. You know, the fact that it didn't hearken to any of that stuff, I really did appreciate it. Because it allowed me f to focus on more of the show than waiting for them to come back. Sure. I don't, I don't agree, though, that Mandalorian is just a nostalgia blanket. 
I think oh, Mandalorian grows the universe in like really important ways, and they've done yeah. plenty of world building of their own as well. Yeah, but it really banks on nostalgia. It. I mean, everything go. Star Wars <laughs> banks on nostalgia to a Yeah, so of course, but there are now various degrees of this, and Andor gives you the other end where it gives you still some characters you know but it's not banking on all those ones that you know and love or you grew up with like you know how many people watching this connect to the fact that mon mothma and this is the same one who told you many bothans died in return of the jedi probably not as many any star wars fan god what what would hope (laughs) i would hope but now there's like degrees of star wars fandom too so like i don't know this i'm not knocking mando i got enough mandalorian shit in my office to tell you that i love the show dearly but it does lean a lot you know heavier on those like movie notes and tries to bring in a lot of those movie characters and those scenes. So even the world building that we did get was also countered by a lot of bringing us back to established areas, established people. This one doesn't really do that or not really to the degree. Instead, it just kind of pockets the world with these things a little bit, but it doesn't like make it something that you where I long for, which I was, worried that's what i would want out of this show initially after the first three episodes i was like oh man like i hope darth vader get me hayden christensen let's have darth vader show up or you know let's have someone interesting because i have no idea where this is going and so it's just like no let's just just keep rocking with this but to be fair like you i liked more of the parts without andor than with andor in it not knocking andor but I was more interested in all that other stuff happening behind the scenes. Sure. I mean, I think Diego Luna does a good job with the character, and he invests a lot of, I think, emotional capital in the performance, and I think it pays off very well. I think the relationship between him and his mom is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I really don't like that they set up the fact that he was like would do anything to find out where his sister was, but the minute he got money, he never thought about it again. Later, sister. Get you <laughs> instead because I thought for sure it was like, oh, when he gets all this money, he's gonna go look at continue on the quest for his sister that they introduced in the very first episode as this huge driving factor for the character, and then they had all those flashbacks from when he was a kid, and his sister was there, and then that he got money, and he was like, I'm gonna go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to a really weird beach, and then get caught up in some stupid shit. I'm going to get caught up in some real bullshit. You know, this is very... One of the parts of the show that sometimes graded for me was, like, a lot of it felt very real in the way that, like, you could just get... In the real world, you could just get arrested for bullshit and then spend years in jail for something and you didn't do anything. That's real. That is, like, a real thing that folks have to worry about. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely was a, was a stark reminder in this show. It's like, yeah, no, that, uh, that could happen. Yeah, there were times uh, where... even in a galaxy a... far, far away, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> there are times that it showed that the galaxy wasn't as far away as we thought. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which can be yeah. tough, I think, especially, like, you know, during these times. But, 
it's definitely a reaction to these times. The the show itself, the show has a ton of like righteous anger, uh, and uh, that is just bubbling under the surface. It's a good way to tell how a rebellion is formed, certainly, but. It does, like, you know, if you're looking for a little escapism, sometimes you won't find it so much in this show. But that did bother, that did really bug me that they just <laughs> dropped that plot point. I assume they'll go back in season two. But uh, it seemed really I mean, important to him till it wasn't. I mean, I guess I hope so, but the payoff isn't anything. He right? still like, is going to die. <laughs> yeah, he still gets, you know, he still gets blown up. So just watch, watch the end of Andor season three. It shows like a chunk of that that planet in space, and he's just on it. Like they pick him up in a ship, and they're like, "Andor survive. We need more episodes of this show." Oh jeez, he's just he's inside like a, a Empire fridge or something. Yep, exactly. <laughs> he fridged himself. So- even to the head of K2SO. Yep. And uh, somehow they survive. They're back at it again. Uh, you're, up to, <clears throat> you're up to trouble. <laughs> but they had to keep him dead because now the Empire knows who he is. Andor the ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it. it is one of those things. It, it, I don't know. Like, I felt like any of his backstory was unnecessary for the most part because well they didn't treat it like it was necessary right like they spent a lot of time i know they're trying to be like okay this is who this woman is to him this is how they met uh but they showed so much of him interacting with his sister (laughs) first episode made it so he got into all this shit because he was looking for her and then he's just like i don't know yeah no i guess i'm done i got money now well, it's just one of the, I mean, yeah, was that the most important part? Showing how he met his new mom or, you know, trying to show how he would end up joining a rebellion, even though nothing in his character would say that he'd ever be interested in doing that for the most part until finally enough was enough. Um, <laughs> it took his mom dying, basically going on. Again, this show is so aggressively depressing and dour. But his mom basically goes on a hunger strike of sorts, refuses to take her medication uh, because of the Empire's uh, occupation, and passes away. And then leaves a fire-ass hologram speech in her in her BMO or whatever the robot's called. I don't know. <laughs> I think he is. T- he's like beam two beam two o. Yeah. Or, uh, like all I know. Beam. I thought it was like yeah. B two like, e- uh, emo. Yeah, emo. B2 emo. Yeah, he's Hey, emo. that's kind of what the show is like. B2 this show, B2 emo. emo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all I know is that uh, that was, uh, it was played by Dave Chapman, which is uh, the guy who plays BB-8. So a nice connection to the sequels. Sure. I didn't know that. Good for him. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That was a fire-ass speech. That would have made me hit a motherfucker with a brick, too. Um, oh, yeah. Don't go to... <laughs> I mean, it was funny, though, that I did I did think while watching that riot, I was like, where were these stormtroopers on Endor? Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like if they had those guys, oh, man, they would have easily... No one would have died in that scuffle. 
That was the last of the good stormtroopers were on that planet because they were drilling fools left and right. Yeah. Like, like, oh, but when the, the weird anvil playing guy just cracked that dude in the face with a hammer, I was like, yep, you got what you got. You get what you get when you come down to that weird uh, scrapyard planet. <laughs> right? <laughs> scrapyard yeah, the- brick planet. Right, yep, because uh, of, of course in Star Wars, as we all know, a planet could do one thing, <laughs> and that is, on this planet, everyone gets turned into a brick, all in all, we're still a brick in the wall. <laughs> yeah, you get Literally. it, it's like that song, Brick Exactly, <laughs> Brick House, his, uh, his mom was built like a brick shithouse, uh, but it's also the bricks in the shithouse. <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah. It would have made been made better if he would have got that brick and then Andor put the brick on a chain and just would swing it at people in season two. Oh man, can you imagine if in Rogue One they just he had a brick on a chain he would just beat people with and then <laughs> beat bad guys with? And then uh then this is we found out, oh that's where the brick is from. Whoa. Oh, cool. No, that that would have that finally that would have been like I wanted to know where he got that brick. Now that I know the brick is made out of his, like, mom, and he's beating people with it, <laughs> this movie is deeper than I've ever thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, so they, like, that's why I think that, like, after the heist is, sort of the heist episode and after the heist is over, then they kind of, they, like, ditch a couple story threads, and they're just like, okay, here's what we're going to focus on for the rest of the or rest of the uh it's almost like they told them halfway through they're like hey you're getting season two pick up and they're like oh shit time to roll yep really gotta i mean even they sped up though i think to be fair once he goes to prison i think that the the whole prison thing was cool but it does bring up another problem i have with the show and it's just like the kind of kind of noticeable and distracting lack of aliens in the show there's a couple notable appearances but from what i understand or at least from what i always thought about the empire you'd think that that prison they were in would be chock full of aliens you'd think so but given probably its xenophobic nature the aliens would probably be doing even the worst jobs there's you just think they're somewhere else yeah they'd just be somewhere else doing like even worse labors it'd be nice if they had like some sort of hint of that you could do that on the beach, uh, the beach episode. Could have had like an alien, and then they're like pushing him into one of the things, and he's like, "No, no, not that place!" Oh God! Oh, I mean, it would it would be nice to have that whole, like the whole inclusion where you could truly see how the machine, like the Empire machine, works. But at the same time, like, I mean, we spent, like, three episodes in this prison to have it almost be, like, Soylent Green, where you're like, well, man, he's working towards this. Is he just going to get out? I mean, he's got to escape, right? The whole time I watched it, was like, he's got to break out of here at some point. But then when the realization was like, oh, no, man, you don't leave. I was like, oh, oh, that is even more fucked up. Even though yeah. I should have known that that was going to be the case. Like, you're sure. there until you're dead. But like, It also needed to happen for him to escape. Because he needed people to know that there was no other choice. Yeah, yeah, he needed uh, to get the circus on board. 
<laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really would have loved just like a couple more aliens. I know that like, and I know this is a a critique that the peop- even the people who love the show noticed because right after there was that one episode after they get out of the prison where they get captured by those two aliens that have like those snot uh the snot nets yeah. there was an entire someone felt the need to write an entire article obviously sort of mentally trying to head off the criticism at, at the past saying this episode means that andor knows how to do fun star wars 2 guys <laughs> it's yeah, like I... it's one episode guys uh relax well also i wouldn't go with yeah this is a uh this is meant to be like a haha funny show like at all like no. i wouldn't after There's you watch the first <laughs> you watch the first episodes i'm not gonna be like oh man this is gonna be a laugh riot no it's like it's like you said it's like you might get a chuckle out of it but it's gonna be a nervous chuckle it, you're yeah you, there is not a single i don't think anyone genuinely smiles once in this entire series i mean they're in there but it's not the it's not a smile that touches the eyes no it's not a genuine there's no way there's not a genuine positive emotion and to be found in this in this these any of these 12 episodes no Uh, but I, i think it is truly just indicative of the current time and the turmoils that we're brewing because you know we're approaching 18 years of empire rule and people are finally starting to get to it that you know what they're not as cool as we thought they were or you know this order is coming at a cost that we didn't realize that was necessarily there um so yeah i don't see there's not not a chuckle hut in sight yeah Uh, so not super excited about the lack of uh of lack of cool aliens it's one of the reasons i go to star wars uh also a kind of a lack of cool droids we had one very cool droid uh again shout out to b2 (laughs) b2 emo well he's the most human droid but i don't know if i'd be like that's a cool droid i mean Uh, even he was so sad and depressing just in in the spirit of the entire show just needy they made him like a dog which made him very endearing but like a, if a dog could talk, and you know if a dog could talk, it would just make you feel terrible all the time. Just oh, like, yeah, well, yeah. Well, 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 why did you leave? <laughs> You're just yeah. like, fuck. Man, I Can you just... wipe this thing's memory already? I'm going to the mall. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> they I were like, you treats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tony Gilroy was like. What if C-3PO and and, uh, and R2-D2 were the same droid and was clinically depressed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just waiting for him to go into the K2SO body. <laughs> Did you think that's... If that's true, that's... then why did they not have uh, Alan Tudyk do the voice? Oh, because I think that they'll just modulate him later. But you okay. got to introduce us to K2SO. They did that whole faint on the beach planet. Then, well, you know, I mean, he is he is B two E M O. That's that's like pretty close. K two S O, B two E M O. He just gets a different uh, voice modulator. Or something who knows? I don't know how okay, Star Trek that's droids fine. work, but that's my that's a prediction for season two. If you were to ask me, 
That's one. I think that's going to be. I mean, that's a good prediction. You know what? I think that's a good prediction. I could totally see that being true. Yeah, I feel good about it. I feel good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have good ones every <laughs> good, once good. in a while. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I also uh, thought it was, the other thing I thought was kind of funny was the name of the the uh, mob boss that uh, that um, Mon Mothma has to make that terrible deal with. Uh, oh, it's a terrible deal? But man, she's fucking over her husband, and I'm for it. You, I mean, yes, but I mean, the, her husband's not going to be the one who's affected. Yeah. <laughs> her daughter is. Uh, no, no, she set his ass up. So when she gets all that oh, yeah. money, they look for that irregularity. Oh, and he's going to get fucked over. So I'm looking forward to that. Don't you dare take that away from me. I Don't mean, maybe. you dare take that away from me. No, she no, no, she leaked that what, information to to make it uh, to. To give an explanation of where that money might uh, have gone, uh, mm. but uh, all I'm saying is that the the person that she uh, like agreed to an arranged marriage for her daughter with uh, to further her gain, gains, which was again her story, fantastic, and what an arc, uh, what she has ha- truly had to sacrifice uh, for this cause. Um, but. Uh, the uh, the guy, <laughs> his name is Davo Skaldoon. Uh, I got one name for you. That's I got one name for you. Yeah, yeah. Savage Opress. Okay. Yes, yes. Right, of no, course, no, no. Star Davos Star Wars has Skaldoon a. With... All I'm saying is that the bad guy naming is being named Davo Skaldoon. He must have been. From the same planet as Elon Sleesbagano. <laughs> that kind of name. Probably was. They had the same haircut. <laughs> they damn near had the same haircut. They really did. Put a couple antennas on Davos Skull Dude, and you would. And if you said he was Elon Sleesbagano's uncle, I would. Uh, I would believe you a hundred percent. Or maybe that was like a young him, and then when he was told to get his life straight, <laughs> he just went into straight crime. Where did you get your antenna taking it off? Uh, don't worry about it. And then he goes, uh, someone offers him death sticks during the show, and he's just like, I never touch this stuff. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I don't someone know. someone I feel, told me I not to once. So <laughs> I can't stand it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's definitely a place. What do you think about the... Go ahead. What, about what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, now you started. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was just going to say, I think there's definitely a place I'm just gonna for the I'm going to edit around it. it I, I think there's a place for the yeah. show in in Star Wars. I think Star Wars is big enough to 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 hold the show. Uh, and we have enough stuff like with Jedi and stuff like that where we can see a little bit of the other side. And I think that's interesting. It is kind of interesting how this is providing. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Rogue One. Uh, but this show is going to provide yeah, the kind of like texture uh, to the story of Rogue One that people will then like now be just like Clone Wars did for the prequels. People will be able to appreciate probably Rogue One on a different level when uh, when this um, show wraps up. But like I am the thing I am bouncing off of 
predominantly isn't even the show. It's just the reception of the show is so annoying. <laughs> it's because like yeah, people, how, how so? well, people like because I don't dislike the show at all. I think there's plenty of good things about it. I don't think it's all good, but if you were to just read the discourse on like the the pop culture and sci-fi blogs, you would think that this yeah, was in part by blasphemy. Is this was like. Star Wars Jesus Savior has finally descended from the heavens and wronged all or right all the wrongs that have ever existed in Star Wars beyond like the very first or you know with some of these people uh, you know anything George Lucas didn't make that kind of like crazy hyperbole is just like really grating to me <laughs> like you don't this like yeah this show is fine it does a, that does a lot of cool stuff uh, but you don't have to like take a shit on other Star Wars stuff to just prove your point that this is good. Like, let's just okay. Just take for example Obi Wan that just came out before this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it had its its ups and downs. It reached yep. like number five on the Nielsen ratings for uh for like all you know streaming during the time, and it was up against like. Stranger Things or whatever, so it had an uphill climb. Andor has only okay. gotten to number ten, and people are losing their minds. They're blaming other Star Wars for being for people not engaging with this show to the same level as previous Star Wars shows. And I'm just like, relax. Yeah, it's good, but it's it's, it's, it's not it's it doesn't it's not the best Star Wars has ever been. Relax. I think it was, it's, for me, it's refreshing um, to have something that I really had no interest in in the first place because I thought it was fairly thoroughly explored in the excellent show called Rebels that I didn't need to see the birth of the rebellion anymore. Um, But I was pleasantly surprised. But that doesn't also mean I, it's, you are right in a sense where a lot of people seem to go into this state where if you like this, you're stupid because you should only like this stuff here and there's no room for you liking other things. And it's this weird level of competition for everything now, you know, like, Oh, well the show isn't doing so good on the Nielsen ratings. This sucks. Who cares? Are you Nelson? Are you these execs working at Disney? No, you just work a regular job too. Shut up. Don't worry about it. Did you enjoy it? Good. They can't take the, they can't take away the fact that you enjoyed it, but I agree with you in the sense of shitting on other people's favorite parts of star Wars, because you might not like that as much in favor of this is the wrong approach. You should just appreciate that you have something that you like out of Star Wars or is hitting something that is hitting that Star Wars note that you've been looking for as of late. Uh, You know, I thought Obi-Wan was wildly inconsistent too. And they had a lot of great episodes, but I'll still firmly tell people, I don't think the show needs to be made. Sure. If I didn't get an Obi-Wan show, I'd be okay. Um, You know what I mean? And the same thing, if I didn't get Andor... I'd be okay because I got the character in Rogue One and I thought the movie was fine. Yeah, I, it's you fine. Know, I like it because it was better than I thought it was, but it's it's not like, it's not knocking Empire Strikes Back for me. 
but it's a good, you know, it's it's fine time. So that's it. But yeah, I, I, I can see what you mean in terms of like reception and that weird competitive mentality to it. Just like this doesn't take away Mando or any of the other shows that are coming for you. So don't worry about that and stop blaming other shit. Like every time I see someone like, oh, like, you know, Bob Iger's back at Disney yep. and I was trying to understand what that meant we talked a little bit about it and then i was just going like well you know the first thing i saw was like well guess what they're gonna fire kathleen kennedy she's gonna be the first thing out the door and i'm just like well you know she was there for all the stuff you liked too so <laughs> yeah he also was the one what, who what installed you... her what are you talking about yeah that's the yeah anyone who well, thinks uh, i mean people have been waiting for kathleen kennedy to be fired since they didn't like for the sequels. Oh, because they didn't like yeah the the sequel prequels or sequel the what what do they call that officially? The sequel trilogy. When it's are they sequels? The sequel trilogy is does that make sense? So like yeah, the original sequel and pre okay whatever, yeah they didn't like that so much. Okay, but you like Mando? Well, she was there for that. Yeah. You also, like it's like yeah, you like Andor. There for that too. Guess who, guess who got greenlit that shit? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like everyone. The same thing happened when John Favreau and Dave Filoni had like a lot of control over the TV stuff. They're like, Kathleen Kennedy is out. But it's just like, yeah. But then they Let's gave they gave Filoni and Favreau a blank check, and they made fucking uh, Boba Fett. Okay. <laughs> So maybe not just every, uh, you know, every new white dude who shows up, maybe he's not the new, the savior of your precious, your your precious IP. Well, that's such a weird thing. Like, and you know, this might seem, and probably not ironic, but it might seem weird coming from dudes who love nothing but pop culture and steeped in nostalgia, but like. If none, if this stopped tomorrow, it's not like they're going to take away any of the things that we've had before it. So just stop this weird competitive argumentative sake, hoping for people to get fired over something because you're like, well, it's got to be this way. I know a shit ton of people who hate The Last Jedi. And you know what? Out of all three of those movies, I love The Last Jedi the most because I knew what it was going to do to the fandom. Drive fans nuts. And it was perfect. <laughs> and it sure did. I absolutely enjoyed that movie. Yeah, because people have preconceived notions. Well, Jedis can only do this. It's like, who gives a shit? It's the Force. It's the giant MacGuffin in the universe. It can do whatever you want it to do. So who cares? Like, do I think the those movies were uneven? Yeah, kind of. But do I like but- the cast? Yeah, I really do. So the original movies were uneven. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars is one of its charms is it, how uneven it is. Exactly, but it's still there, and I don't sit there and go like, oh, you know, even the prequels. Yeah, well, I won't go that far. I guess anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the prequels are fine. <laughs> there's plenty. There's plenty to They're like fine. in the prequels, but. Made- Sure. 
Yeah, totally. You are <laughs> you are right. You are right. There are plenty. There's plenty to like in the prequels. Exactly. That's the we wouldn't have like. that if we didn't have the prequels. That alone. <laughs> Wado, like, I mean, come on. Uh, but uh, yeah. anyway, we were going to ask me what I thought about something earlier. Do you remember what that question was? I don't remember. No, okay. I don't remember. I'll probably <laughs> cut around it. Um, no, oh, oh, I, oh, oh, I remember. This is something very specific because it, it, I think it culminates two things. That, one thing that you like, maybe, and one thing that you hated. Uh-huh. So when Bix is wearing the uh, Skull Candy headphones. <laughs> yeah. um, the Skull Candy, uh, Skull Destroying headphones. Yeah, and then, like, that whole scene, I thought it was acted beautifully. The headsets were a little like I just kind of focused away from the you know the ears after a while because it's like oh man I've seen that on Bart yeah like, those headphones <laughs> on Bart before but yes the the but like that whole kind of transformation of like, Deidre I think the Imperial the ISB person mm-hmm. and the fact that they're using like these screams from these children that they just know breaks people. I was like, oh, that's, that is beyond fucked up. Like, oh yeah, that was a cool scene. Beyond fucked up. Originally they had, they they had a sound effect for that. I'm glad they didn't use it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, it's much better without it. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely, I was afraid they were going to actually play something and I'm like, no matter what you play, I'm not going to buy that it's this sound. (laughs) Like, I don't care. I don't think you could pay off what you're setting up. And so I think that was a brilliant choice to not just because, I mean, uh, the woman who, uh, who acts as Bix, uh, whose name is I'm scrolling Adira up by it. or Jonah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who plays yep. Bix Kaline. Uh, she, she acted the crap out of that moment. So her acting tells you all you need to know about that sound. Thank God they didn't actually have the sound in there. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they they skipped out on that. It's nice to know that they put something there and realized, nah, that don't work. It's there. There's only been one scream that I've ever heard that made me go that sent chills in my down my spine, and that was on e- Evangelion. Oh, when the, okay. Uh, when the Ava gets its arm ripped off and goes mad. There oh, is yeah. just I remember this, that part. The, the actress that that sound was just like that was mournful and pain and everything. I was, oh, I don't like I don't ever need to hear it again. Like I never need to watch that episode again. It, I'll watch the episode afterwards when it goes nuts and just starts beating the shit up out of those angels. But that 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 wallow was just like, oh, you could bad things happened. Like you had to pull that from a real place. So then, like, kind of seeing that almost like echoed here, but without it, so uh, was pretty was pretty cool. It was fucked up, but pretty cool at the same time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like. Just wonder uh, what you thought of the scene. I think it's a good scene. Yeah, I agree. Like the the two appearances of like the studio cans in the the show. You know, one on right before the heist with that imperial sort of radio operator, and then this were distracting and uh, whatever they had to cut corners somewhere, like you said. 
they had 12 episodes to fill out. They can't always Star Wars up every prop. But there were, I mean, there were several instances of, instances of that. I think you mentioned, like, like have, wood having screws in it. Like, these are things that, like, Star Wars has done a very good job in the past from a prop design standpoint of giving you things that you recognize, but make, but presenting them in a way that you don't. Um, and it's even, like, down to even the most simple implement is presented in a way that's slightly different than maybe what you're used to. And this one, we got a lot of just, like, here is a metal staircase, <laughs> and it's, the, like, the same one they put up at uh, Woodstock 95. <laughs> Uh, the weird pole, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, you, no, you're right. I mean, look, this is metal scaffolding. You, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Like, there's the I think episode two or something. There's literally just like a 1980s radio or like 1970s like radio with just some of the dials removed, and you're just like, <laughs> they didn't even scrape out the hash marks <laughs> on what, it. You just like, oh, what about on. the like, Polaroid? Uh, camera that is also a computer yeah 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 no for sure for sure i mean there's some of that stuff there's some parts where it's just like there's some of it but then other parts of it are fantastic you know like i never thought i would need to see a star wars brothel i still don't think i needed it but they gave us one and but um, you got one that was the got one and they and they gave us the wooga sound in there from fucking wooga from Revenge of the Sith, and I was like, "Ooh, in a brothel? That don't sound." Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the you know, like overall, I really was surprised by how much I like the show because I was really not expecting to like it because I like a lot of these prequels or things up to it. I felt it was unnecessary, but yeah. What they showed me was something different, like really the, you know, the blood and, you know, tears it takes to build a rebellion, not just, you know, good guys versus bad guys, but a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, so, I don't know, Star Wars is a place, and uh, I think that that has uh, plenty of room for a story like this, Um, but... uh... Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think the parts of it that I thought I was not going to like, I still don't. Like, I really don't. I don't like anything that happens to Cassian. I'm just kind of like, okay, I know you end up. I know where you end up. So this is all interesting. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, cool. But I think that they uh, they made the show better by building that crazily talented ensemble cast around Andor. And I'm all very interested to see what how that progresses. Like, we don't you never hear hear about uh, Luthen again, do you? <laughs> like, he's not in any of the movies, and they don't talk about him in Rogue One. So, yeah, is he still around? Does he? You know, is he gonna die? Doubt it. Be the final <laughs> I thing mean... to get. You know, like. Who knows? I mean, look, I will agree with you in a sense that probably Andor is the least interesting person because his fate's already been written. So anything mm-hmm. that happens to him is like, eh, whatever. Like, it might be bad. You could go, that sucks, but it's going to get even worse because he's going to need SPF like one million you know, in a few more years <laughs> yeah. from this. So, Regardless of what uh, happens, buddy. And, and that's not, again, 
knocking Diego Luna for his acting or anything like that. I just think the fact that you know the fate of the character doesn't really have any risk for him. It's only risk for anyone around him. So I think it was really smart to add those additional like story beats with Mon Mothma, that weird guy who wants to hunt and or down for some reason. Oh uh, my God. The security so, guard who's just really angry. <laughs> At the end of the, on the yeah. last episode, he rescues uh, the ISB uh, person uh, whose name escapes me. Maybe you can help me out here. What is... Uh, Deidre is Miro Deidre. is the character. There Denise go. Goh. Yes. Did a fantastic job. And uh, when he rescues her, uh, great on her for her acting, because she's like, I don't know how to feel about this. You are a stalker. You've been stalking me, but you also saved me, so... And I'm just like, ugh. What are we supposed to think about these two characters? Are they going to do it? Ugh. <laughs> They're both so terrible. Yeah, I mean, well, I've, yeah, that's the thing is there's no love lost for whatever happens. And guess what? You don't see them in Rogue One. You don't uh-huh. see them in that stuff. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But you know who you do see in Rogue One? Mon Mothma. So and that's all I need. Cassian Andor. So you know they're going to be a okay. You don't only see her in Rogue One, yeah. but you see her in Star Wars. And then you, you also see her in the prequels. She's in everything. Yeah, and again, I every time I think about the rebellion, I first will always go to Leia, always, always, always. But now I'm like, all right, let's see how Mon Mothma got all this started. Let's see how she got her hands dirty because we didn't really get to see like how she got involved. Like, did she just fall into the rebellion because it was cool, or she's trying to tax evade or something? Like, we don't know. But now we're kind of getting a sense. It's kind of a little bit of that kind of hiding some money though 400,000 credits doesn't sound like a lot of money uh, yeah especially Just for someone who lives in that penthouse she has in that show yeah yeah well, that seems like, like that that wouldn't really raise like, any eyebrows yeah you think not but I guess they're watching every ducat yeah and then she needs Davos Skulldoon uh to to bail her out uh yeah that last part where the two bad guys like getting rescued and stuff is like ugh I don't care go away <laughs> you guys are gross like uh, I don't really like I don't I don't under I've never been that mad like I do not get that dude's like hang up on Andor his boss told him leave it alone but because he could not leave it alone he lost his job and he was like, I'm doing what is right. And I'm yeah, just then, like, then he became know. a real creepy, like, incel type stock, like, you know, like waiting for her outside of her job. And then when she wanted to leave, like, grabbing her arm like a real creep. I'm surprised he just didn't drill him right there and then. Like, I'd have been like, nice, finally. <laughs> Let's just kill this dude. Like, I, like, what was he going to do on that planet when he went back to Rick's? Like, what was he going to do? Like, yeah. why was he there? What was he going to do? I uh, think he must have hoped that he would have seen her there. Like, because otherwise I don't think, well, like, exactly. Him and his, like, his weird sort of, like, stuff shirt of a cop buddy. Like, 
I love how his I love how his story ended. Just getting drunk <laughs> in an alleyway. Stoop, hey, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. And that's what you gotta do. It's weird, but you know, I'll be you know, they're already reco- starting the film season two now. My understanding is it's going all the way until summer of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hopefully fall or around this time again, we get uh, season two. And, you know, uh, we'll we'll probably definitely see how he gets uh, to uh, K2SO. Uh, and... Who knows? I, I thought I saw one thing they were talking about. Like this will bring us right up to Rogue One. That's um, crazy. Which I don't really need, but whatever. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. So maybe some <laughs> sort of time jump for a little bit. Mm. It must be because um, I mean this starts I think four years before Battle of Yavin. So it'd have to. It would have to. Yeah. I mean, it would have to jump forward because now Andor is like, I'm ready for the to be a rebel. And so they're like, all right, now the story can really get going. Yeah. And the one thing I will say, I've known a lot of people who lived some real hard lives, but he's supposed to be about 26 years old right now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's leading a real rough rough life, but that dude ain't 26 years old. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely looks older than he was in Rogue One, because, spoiler (laughs) alert, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, a, a chalk block full of uh, terrific pr- uh, performances. I think, I think, I think uh, Luthen, uh, however you say his last name, Rail Luthen Rail uh, is is maybe the coolest character on the show. Uh, uh, not only is Stellan Skarsgård an incredible actor. Uh, but just to show the sort of, uh, his, the way he cycles through different personalities, like he's definitely like sort of a, a noble sociopath or something, just willing to kill anyone who threatens his, his, uh, his mission. And I think his, his speech about sacrifices was really good. Yeah. I enjoy the character immensely. He's one of my highlights. Um, so is the, uh, uh, I think, Senta Kaz. She's the uh, the uh, one that was like just kind of during the Aldani thing. She's hanging out with um, Val. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that she's prowling around, stabbing, you know, stab that uh, Empire dude in the in like the you know little alleyway on that plant so i was like yeah i don't know what that is but that's pretty like she's committed to a cause yeah they they didn't give her a ton to do Um, uh but uh that moment was very cool i thought uh i mean yeah yeah yeah. i just think it just like it was just a it's i don't know like the moments here are very broad for the most part and then like so all the cool little things you get are pretty cool and when you get action you you kind of savor it because in certain episodes you're not getting any action at all they're just talking or you know he's just building some shit in a prison so mm-hmm. you're looking for that but just kind of have that someone who's just like no i'm committed to this and this is what it takes um to kind of go through that it was a, 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 a pleasant surprise for me 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and Val like Sartha he, is a really cool character as well. Yep, yep, yep. I, I mean, I really like the supporting characters and everyone around it are, like we've said, I think at this point at nauseum, probably the most compelling parts of the show. But yeah, Luthen is just like, I don't know what this uh, this space pimp's doing, but he's got he's got all the money, he's got the cool toys, and he's just willing to do whatever it takes to get uh, something started, and sacrificing a whole rebel cell just to to maintain his uh, his plant on the inside. Hey, and you know what? Again, that morally gray area. You know, he told Forrest with Tucker, and that was the most important part. <laughs> yeah, that, and, yeah, that was great. Even you're like, whoa, he's even more extreme than uh, than Forrest Whitaker's really cool character, whose name is again escaping me. <laughs> Saw Guerrero. Oh right, yeah, he's in so much stuff too. He is animated and just... and video games. Well, Rogue you notice one, this one? This. He had he had both his legs. And uh, yeah, he's seen some. He'll see some shit in the future. Yeah, so I'm thinking season two, they're gonna blow up one force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, he's 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 doing pretty good hiding out in that cave that we only see him in. Yeah, that's where I'd be sticking out to, <laughs> because he's he's gonna be breathing out an air tube in a little bit. So we gotta see where that comes from. So yeah, pleasantly surprised. Looking forward to season two. But, you know, in the meantime, we'll get Mando and Ahsoka. Can't wait for, uh, yeah, Ahsoka should be some interesting stuff. Yeah, Gonna I'm get some, that... a lot of live action Thrawn if, if rumors are to be believed. I mean, if we get Thrawn and some more of the, uh, like, Jedi, but not Jedi type of stuff, you know, like Ahsoka's brand of force wielding and things that might be good like I, th- I feel like that one could be kind of like more far out show oh if yeah done well yeah and then who knows where you know mandalorian will go next i mean the whole like they're gonna really dive into the whole mandalorian side of the of the show which i think is it's long it's long been promised and i can't wait to see kind of how they build that out a little bit more, at least in live action. We've gotten plenty of animated Mandalorian stuff, but this is, it'll be exciting to see the, the smoking wreck of, uh, of, uh, of Mandalore. And, uh, I'm really excited about, uh, the Acolyte. Yeah. Cause it, they will be totally freed from the constraints of a lot of the, uh, the canon since it'll take like, place you know hundreds if not a thousand years ago yeah hopefully i'm like if they if they really stick with just original things i'll be happy for it but you know i always feel like they'll they'll sprinkle a darth rev in there or uh something else and maybe that might be good for it but i think just in terms of well have you been following the uh you know me i don't try the the high republic at all no 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 no. i read the okay. um i read the one because they did that comic on marville mm-hmm. and then i so i read the high republic one there where it just had younger yoda mm-hmm. yeah just, that's really just, the only uh connection they have to the the trilogy 
Yeah, well, all right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, what I read, but, but it's it, it's certainly I think it, it'll be interesting to see them because in the, in the High Republic there isn't like I don't think the concept of the Sith exists really. Uh, it's not like they were forgotten about. It's just like oh yeah, there just there isn't it just isn't a thing. And then I think uh, seeing that the introduction of that and that's what I think the acolyte kind of delves into is the is the uh, sort of discovery of that and how it rocks the the current Jedi regime. That's going to be interesting, if done well, of course. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the caveat for all of this, right? It needs to be done well, or at least done well enough for you to, uh, you know, appreciate it. And I think uh, further away from, you know, we talked about this before, I think, a while ago. I think trying to move further away from the source material makes a lot of sense. Um, in terms yeah. of just relying heavily on that, because you know all the actors are getting older, no longer with us, and you know it's it's cool and it's a nice crutch, but you know start telling us new stories and you know other things in there and explore the universe that way. Yeah, I am interested to see them. I think that's why the acolyte is so exciting to me because it is very much they're going to be kind of untethered from a lot of the things that they usually, uh, even in a show as sort of serious as Andor, they still rely on a lot of common visual language, uh, from previous films as well as rogue one. So, you know, obviously one thing I could say from reading the high Republic books and, and the comics as well is that things haven't changed that much in a thousand years. So we're going to probably be seeing a lot of familiar, you know, visual iconography, but, uh, you know they'll they'll have a chance to do something uh, different if they indeed take it. Uh, oh, it's a bolo tie fighter. Well, what? <laughs> um, but I have a uh, you know hats off to Andor. You use the quad jumper and alien and some other stuff from the uh, the sequels. So <laughs> I'm already more endeared to you because uh, the quad jumper actually got a little call out uh, from the Force Awakens. Um, maybe they had the set. Maybe they just had that model, the miniature, or like the the quad jumper is still on a back lot somewhere. They're like, let's just use it for that reason. But I like to think that a writer actually was like, hey, this is cool. We'll we'll acknowledge those movies exist, where so many Star Wars, new Star Wars stuff refuses to do that. So, uh, uh, yeah. what what awakens? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I don't care. Um, so, uh, what do you think, John? What would you give this series? Or do you give it a hearty pop saga re- recommends? Or is this a pop saga, the Fresca candidate? What is it better than, uh, but what is it not as good as? Andor is better than every imitation Dr. Pepper soda. Hmm. But is not as good as Dr. Pepper Jelly Bellies. Ooh. <laughs> I love how thematic your your ranking was. It was very Dr. Pepper based as well. Love yeah, it. well, you know, I had to make people understand that I enjoyed it and was really looking forward to it because it was the best of the non Dr. Pepper sodas, but Jelly Belly's still pretty good. 
How about you? Uh, geez, this is a tough one. Uh, how can I get my feelings across about uh, this? I would say... Uh, Andor is uh, better than Cafe Rio. <laughs> oh, okay. But not as uh, but not as good as Chipotle. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, that's not fair to Andor. I don't um, think that's fair. At all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andor is. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Andor is uh, is better than. McDonald's, but not as good as Five Guys? Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, it's not... It's like, in the fast food spectrum, it's not my favorite burger, but it's also better than most other fast food burgers. Yeah, yeah it's like any port in a storm. Not, no, no, it's better than, like... Most ports in the storm. Exactly. It's a fine port that is you could say is easily better than even some of the most mass produced popular ports at a store <laughs> but Fair it's enough. but it's maybe not like the i don't know i'm second guessing did i even do i even like five guys that much yeah i was gonna say like five guys is fine but and, i just I, to this this just really set me off on a what burgers do i actually like tangent well okay. in my mind well i mean we have a range and we can go with that unless you have something like that would be notable. I think it's. You want to give it one more try? You want to give it no, one more I, shot? Or you no, I'll you stick with it. I'll stick with it. Okay. Uh, I stick right. with that. Um, but because that's kind of how I feel about it. I think it's. I think that the show, when I started those first three episodes, I was just like, ugh. This is going to be slow and boring, and I don't care, and uh, I don't even know. Uh, but then it really, I think it found its voice, and it's worth watching. Um, so, yeah, so I think a, I would say a hard a recommend from us both. Maybe mm-hmm. me not as enthusiastic as you, but uh, but I'm not going to say not to watch it, because I think it, even with my problems with the fan reaction, I still think it's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really give a shit what most people think now. Like outside of what you say and a few key others, eh. so but that that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, appreciate it, buddy. Um, well, I hope that you uh, weren't totally enraged by this episode. Maybe you are someone who writes for a popular <laughs> pop culture blog, and you this take is just flabbergasted you, and we're the problem. But uh, I hope not. I hope you enjoyed yourself. We sure as heck enjoyed making it for you so without further ado take it away uh <laughs> take it away uh four to emo a big thank you to burton m6 for all the incredible music on our show you can find a link to his fiber page in our show notes you can also find links to our social media discord and merch store in our show notes as well. Just click that Pico link. From us here at Pop Saga to all of you out there, we want to say thank you for joining us. Your support means the world. We hope that you're feeling happy and healthy 
and we'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. Now here's John with one last bit of sage advice before we say goodbye. Thanks for two emo. Remember folks, Star Wars is like this. You can have a little column A and or a little column B. <laughs> Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I got you. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go.